This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Truth Hurts Program, the afternoon edition for Friday, August 4th, 2023. I am going to ask you, please, to bear with me a moment. I need six minutes of your time, starting in just a few moments. I want to play for you Donald Trump's lawyer responding to the press asking about the most recent, latest witch hunt, investigation, arraignment, indictment, false claims, etc. This runs about six minutes and four seconds, I believe, but please do me a small favor and indulge me for six minutes because this is probably something you did not hear in the mainstream leftist progressive liberal woke media. So if you don't mind, take a listen. This is about six minutes long, but I think it is well worth it. On March 17th, Hunter accidentally admits that it was his laptop from hell. The next day, DA Alvin Bragg indicts President Trump. June 8th, an FBI document is released showing that the Ukrainians paid the Biden crime family millions and millions of dollars. The next day, the Mar-a-Lago raid and the Mar-a-Lago indictment. Last week, Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal fell through when the judge realized it had blanket immunity. The following day, a superseding indictment against Donald Trump. July 31st, Devin Archer goes to testify in front of the House. That was only after they failed to put him in jail prior to the fact. What happens the next day? The January 6th indictment that we're here for today. This is not a coincidence. This is election interference at its finest against the leading candidate right now for president, for either party. President Trump is under siege in a way that we have never seen before. President Trump and his legal team and everyone on his team will continue to fight, not for him, but for the American people. I'll take some questions. Thank you. I know the president has called this a witch hunt. You just laid out several examples of that. Uh, any other thoughts from the, that the president has communicated to you in terms of why this is going on and then why he calls it a witch hunt? I think a witch hunt is really the way that anybody should describe this because it's not something we've seen in our time. Uh, this is not even political. This is beyond that. A witch hunt is when you relentlessly attack your opponent when you relentlessly attack the thing that you are most afraid of. People are afraid of somebody that cannot be bought by Washington. People are afraid of somebody who is independently wealthy and who has given up his good life to fight for this country. And that frightens a lot of politicians who are career politicians, unfortunately, because he'll get back there and I know he'll be fighting for every one of us so that this doesn't happen to us. This case is about free speech, but the special counsel says Trump could have disagreed with the results and talked about it, no crime there. The difference is what he did to try and switch the votes. So what is it that he did to try and switch the votes that you refer to? By bringing cases, by using the law in an appropriate manner, unlike what we're sitting here today seeing, this is not appropriate. What President Trump did is he said, go patriotically and peacefully and protest. That is an American right. That is why we are America and we are not a third world country. Although I will say that today, I don't feel very much like we are in America. Yes. In case you go forward before or after the 2024 presidential election. 
I think that every court needs to look at this as a whole, right? It's not about the January 6th case. It's about the fact that in the matter of a couple months, we have seen them try and tie up, and me as an attorney have never seen this, tie up one individual who's a campaign, who's running a campaign, in a campaign, running for office for president, so that he is in court, in depositions, and distracted, so that he won't properly run for 2024, and frankly, it's not gonna work. Is the legal team gonna argue that the election was stolen? I don't think that that's the argument that needs to be made. I think that anybody that believes that is misreading this. The truth is, as an American, there were questions that he had regarding the election integrity. We've seen documents come out, we've seen documentaries come out showing that there were issues with the election. And he, and frankly, bringing this, I don't think Jack Smith really thought it through, there only has to be proof that number one, President Trump believed that this election was not completely honest, and number two, Jack Smith has opened himself up to a can of worms that we can now look at and really examine. Do you believe that he's innocent and that this is all a setup? Why not bring it to trial as soon as possible before the election so that you can clear his name? Yeah, I would love to do that, but there's something called discovery. And when somebody wants to say that the 2020 election was perfect and that President Trump has no right to object to it, we've got to go show him all the facts. And there's a lot of facts to show. So everybody has their time. And to say that Donald Trump should then be rushed and not be given the same fair proceeding that anybody else is, is just frankly un-American. It's not fair. It's not the way our system works. A lot of the lawyers who helped him try to overturn the election um, are unnamed co-conspirators in the indictment. Jenna Ellis isn't. Why do you think that is? I'm not going to speak to co-conspirators or anybody else. I represent President Trump. Let's go one more. Lena, there, there are a number of, uh, there's testimony and there's a number of aides that have said that the president was made aware that he lost the election and yet continued to uh, argue that it, that it was stolen from him. How, how do you reconcile those two things? Well, I think that everybody was made aware that he lost the election, but that doesn't mean that that was the only advice he was given. As anybody understands what happens in the Oval Office, there are a numerous amount of advisors and politicians and lawyers, not just one or two, that are giving you advice and telling you what they believe is true. So he may not agree with Mike Pence, he may not agree with one of his lawyers, but that doesn't mean that there weren't other people advising him exactly the opposite. And the president has a right, as every one of us do, to listen to several opinions and make their decision. I remember hearing Hillary Clinton and uh, Stacey Abrams argue their elections were not right. Absolutely. I mean, how, and the weaponization of the DOJ didn't happen then. No, of course not. But if your last name's Trump, it's very different. So Hillary Clinton could have a problem when she lost the election and we could have a complete liberal meltdown, as we all saw. But when we have dignified disagreements, we take them to court, we say do things patriotically and peacefully, he's to blame for things that he did not himself do. And that's what we're seeing. Frankly, folks, this is not about that. This is about politics. This is about 2024, period, the end. Thanks, Thank, Thank you. you. Now, I need this woman to be my lawyer when I finally get sued for the things I say here on the Truth Hurts program that happen to be the truth but might be offensive to somebody. <laughs> the bottom line is, this woman pointed out some very strange coincidental timeline issues. Every time the Biden crime family gets caught doing something unethical, illegal, immoral, criminal, they find a new thing to indict Donald Trump on as if that is going to suddenly make the Biden stuff go away. So far, it has. But thanks to programs like the Truth Hurts program, the Michael Berry Show, Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck, and other conservative radio talk show outlets, the Biden crime family's corruption is being exposed more and more each and every day. And the news media, the liberal, progressive, woke news media, 
is going to have no choice at some point but to go out and report on these things. Their credibility is already in the toilet on the left, and it will erode even further. More and more people are tuning out of CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC. People who still buy certain liberal newspapers only use them to line the cat box or the birdcage. And Biden thinks that he is invincible. And the Democrats think that Biden is invincible. Hell, they're doing everything they can to see to it that Biden's chief rival in the Democratic Party primary race could get killed. In 1968, for those of you who were around, Robert F. Kennedy, the brother of the late President John F. Kennedy, was assassinated while he was on the campaign trail by a guy named Sirhan Sirhan. You know, the kind of guy that forgets to take the towel off his head when he finishes showering. A Jordanian who sought revenge on Robert F. Kennedy Sr. because Robert F. Kennedy Sr. supported Israel. That attack, of course, shocked the nation and prompted the U.S. Secret Service to begin providing Secret Service protection details to every major presidential candidate. Democrat, Republican, or Independent. It doesn't matter. This year, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., RFK Jr. for short, the son of the late Robert F. Kennedy Sr., is running as a candidate for the Democratic nomination for president against gropey Joe Biden. His run has Americans remembering his father's assassination of 55 years ago, and anybody serving as a major presidential candidate should have Secret Service protection. And if anyone at all in the race, other than Donald Trump, needs Secret Service protection, it would be RFK Jr. Hell, I won't be surprised if he doesn't wind up suiciding himself with a shotgun to the back of the head firing two or three shots, as many of Hillary Rotten Clinton's opponents have found themselves dead from these weird suicides throughout the history of her political career. RFK Jr. tweeted out that Joe Biden will not allow his political challenger to have any Secret Service protection. The decision is, of course, expected, given Biden's penchant for using the force of government to go after his political enemies, just as greasy, slimy, third-world dictators usually do. Now remember, RFK Jr. is not saying that the decision came from Kimberly Cheadle, who serves as the current director of the Secret Service. She's a quota hire. Normally, Cheadle would be the one to make the final determination as to whether or not a presidential candidate meets the requirements for a Secret Service security detail. Nope. This decision came from gropey Joe Biden's puppet, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, who happens to be Cheadle's top boss at the DHS. No, my friends, Biden will not grant RFK Jr. any Secret Service protection. Because then, if he did allow it to happen, it would make Robert F. Kennedy Jr. appear as a legitimate challenger to Biden for the Democratic Party nomination. The longer Biden can hold that protection detail away from his challenger, the longer he can attempt to make RFK Jr. appear as a fringe candidate. If anything proves that the decision to place RFK Jr. at the risk of his life for opposing Joe Biden is political, it's this decision that did not come from Cheadle, but it came directly from Biden's lackey, Alejandro Mayorkas. RFK Jr. sent out a tweet, but they're not called tweets anymore, apparently, at Robert Kennedy Jr. Since the assassination of my father in 1968, 
candidates for president are provided Secret Service protection, but not me. Typical turnaround time for pro forma protection requests from presidential candidates is 14 days. Now, after 88 days of no response and several follow-ups by our campaign, the Biden administration just denied our request. A quote from Secretary Mayorkas, I have determined that Secret Service protection for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not warranted at this time, unquote. RFK says, our campaign's request included a 67-page report from the world's leading protection firm, detailing unique and well-established security and safety risks aside from commonplace death threats. I wonder how Mr. Alejandro sleeps at night, and if something untoward should happen to RFK Jr., will Alejandro simply pass the buck back to his daddy, or will he fall on that sword himself? If the past is any indication of the present or the future, my answer is, He'll just simply plead the fifth and go away quietly. I ran across an article in the LA Times, the Los Angeles Times newspaper written by Russ Mitchell entitled, Tech Activist Says His Teddy Bear Test Proves That Teslas Are Too Lethal to Be on the Road. Really quickly, I'll just say a child-sized teddy bear mannequin stands in a traffic lane on a rural two-lane road and a Tesla in full self-driving mode is barreling towards it. At the wheel, a giant teddy bear. The car's driver monitoring system does not issue any warnings. The front end whacks the mannequin, sending it flying into the air, and the car just simply continues to drive on as if nothing at all had happened. It's the latest salvo from an activist organization known as the Dawn Project. They publish videos aimed at showing how badly Tesla's automated driving technology tends to behave. Dan O'Dowd is a wealthy tech-savvy activist who founded and self-funds the Dawn Project. He says he wants to ensure that the critical safety systems that everyone's life depends on are fail-safe and can't be hacked. Since launching the Dawn Project in 2021, the brand has gone after Tesla and the controversial autopilot and full self-driving systems. So far, he said he has spent $10 million of his own money on a campaign to simply persuade Tesla to fix what he sees as a safety problem and to push for government regulation if Tesla does not self-police. The 67-year-old O'Dowd is an expert in security systems. He's a Caltech-trained engineer. He's designed military-grade operating systems for intercontinental ballistic missiles, jet fighters, bombers, and passenger planes, as well as having designed mock microprocessors for NASA's spacecraft. He made his money through Green Hill Software, a company he founded in 1982 that company develops fail-safe operating systems and programming tools for commercial customers. He said he's personally offended that what he calls Tesla's half-baked automated systems are being allowed on the nation's highways before the serious flaws have been fixed through off-road testing. He said since 2021, a minimum of 23 people have died in crashes involving autopilot or full self-driving systems in Tesla automobiles. And that number isn't made up. It comes directly from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, who also reports 840 of those similar crashes that did not involve death over the last two years. It's simple. Fix your stuff before you send it out on the road. But you see, there's a whole lot of government intervention involved in the Tesla organization. And after all, they're electric cars, so they must be perfect, right? Taylor Gold writes in The American Insider, it's officially time to impeach Joe Biden. 
I'm not going to read the article. We all know it's past time. Also here it says, It was so traumatic to see the destruction. Market Watch writes, More Americans are moving to flood-prone areas. Why do they defy the warnings? The answer should be glaringly obvious. They're looking at their heroes. You know, Joe Biden, who bought a massive Rehoboth Beach, Delaware beach house right on the ocean. And Barack Hussein, Barry Sotero, Obama, and his husband, Michael, I mean, uh, Michelle, and their two delinquent daughters. They just bought property right on the water, Martha's Vineyard, remember? If it's okay for the former president and the current president, both Democrats who love the environment and keep warning us all that we're going to die from flooding if we dare live near a beach, well, then it must be okay for the average American. I'm not going to go into the details of that article. We're going to move on to the next headline, which we find in the Huffington Post. Daniel Morans wrote, A progressive powerhouse's surprise layoffs fuel concerns about the left's future. The article begins, From 2018 to 2020, the activist left experienced something of an electoral renaissance. It started, of course, when Alexandria Horseface Cortez, an obscure primary challenger, ousted Representative Joe Crowley of New York, the chair of the House Democratic Caucus. The scope of the change was most evident, though, in how her win and the victories of other left-wing candidates, who would jointly come to be known as the Squad, pushed many mainstream Democrats, including Joe Biden, to the left. The ideological shift was, in turn, all the more remarkable because it was propelled by Justice Democrats, a small millennial-run group that emerged from the ashes of Senator Bernie Sanders' first presidential failure to recruit, consult, and if necessary, finance primary challenges. Just over six years since it was founded, however, the Justice Democrats' opposition is more organized, its mission is more muddled, and its coffers are now depleted. Faced with a shortage of funds, the group had to lay off nine of its 20 staff members in July, and that was a move that took prominent progressives by surprise. My friends, Go Woke, Go Broke should be America's new second anthem. Brandis Gress writes in the Fistful of Dollars publication, Student failed in class for using the term biological women, igniting a heated debate over free speech. A professor reprimanded a student's choice of the words biological women, and it sparked a controversy that is now reverberating throughout academia. Bottom line, a student used the word biological female. She failed. There was an appeal. The appeal was granted and then overturned because academia wants to make sure that they control every aspect of your life, even after college. Hey, speaking of college, in the buzz-loving publication, College Professor Displays Christian Privilege Bulletin Board and Links Christianity to Systemic Racism and White Supremacy. A lecturer posted a bulletin explaining how Christian privilege is linked to white supremacy and systemic racism at Native American and Indigenous, Indigenous Studies at the Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis campus. The display was added last year where Charmaine Charlie Champion Shaw, a professor, posted a controversial display, and it stayed there until recently. Yeah, they can get away with saying anything they want. If I were to put on there that BLM is a racist joke, it would be taken down and I would be crucified, hanged in the public square. The bulletin board display was entitled Understanding Christian Privilege. It was supposed to give insight into the alleged benefits Christians have compared to others. 
Campus reform added photos from the university showing six pages of so-called Christian privilege. An explanation says the idea that Christians receive inherent advantages in school, society, the workplace, and public spaces due to the perception that Christianity is status quo while other religions are not. Hey, my friends, if you have ever been to China, there is Buddha everywhere and Christianity virtually nowhere. This is just the fact that the United States of America was founded on Judeo-Christian ethics and based on the teachings of the Holy Bible of God. If you don't like it, go to one of those other countries. And if you're an atheist or an agnostic, if you're one of those people who believes there is no God, no deity, no supreme being, no creator, I ask you this question, and this one's a head scratcher for many ignorant people. If you don't believe that there is a God, how can you be offended by someone mentioning a God? How can you be offended by something that you claim simply does not exist? I don't believe in little green men aliens, but I don't throw a hissy fit, blow a gasket, and demand that all science fiction programs and all anything to do with little green men aliens be removed from the American lexicon. I just simply don't believe in them, but I can't be offended because I see a little green man alien on television. How simply stupid are people in this country? An Arizona man says he was trapped in his Tesla on a 100 plus degree day and could not get out. Well, perhaps you shouldn't let your battery die, buddy. The next headline article. Kamala Harris repeats the phrase, our space cooperation three times in less than 30 seconds. Now I love me some Kamala Harris word salad, proof that she is incapable, incompetent, inept, stupid, vapid, airheaded, unqualified, uneducated, ignorant, and stupid. And if I repeated any of those, I apologize. But I'm not the Vice President of the United States of America by God. Take a listen to Vice President Cameltoe Harris as she goes on yet another word salad repeat rant. She delivered another redundant word salad speech Wednesday of this week, repeating the phrase space cooperation over and over and over again. Take a listen to this airhead, will you? In particular, we will discuss the work that we will do together to strengthen our space cooperation. You and I spoke briefly about the beginning of the next era and for you what that means in terms of your leadership and your vision for the future. And certainly strengthening our space cooperation would be a part of that agenda, including, of course, using our space cooperation to think about how we strengthen the economic prosperity and development of our nations. One, two, three in a row from Camel Toe. And she was speaking to the Mongolian prime minister at the White House to discuss tourism, to discuss the mineral trade, and of course, to discuss space cooperation. Remember, Mongolia has really no space program to speak of, so they were using this practice run with a minor world leader with our idiot world leader, Camel Toe Harris. She is a vapid, airheaded joke. Finally today, I'm going to call this one Just Desserts. Business Insider reports, a man returned home to find a new $1.5 million house on land that he acquired decades ago. Now he's suing for $2 million. A Long Island man is suing a limited liability company after a home was built without his knowledge on a lot that he owned, but someone claims was sold without his consent. Dr. Daniel Kenningsberg owned the nearly half-acre parcel of land at the top of 51 Sky Top Terrace, next to his childhood home in Fairfield, Connecticut, 25 miles outside of New Haven. 
He's owned the property himself since 1991, acquiring it from his father, who purchased the property originally in 1953. A friend alerted him that there was a home being built on the land, and while in town from Long Island, he stopped by his property to see if it was true. The Fairfield County property records show that the property had been sold in October of 2022 for $350,000 to a company called 51 Sky Top Partners, LLC. Dr. Kingsburg said he had nothing to do with the sale. He's now suing the company on nine counts, including trespass, statutory theft, as well as unfair trade practices and others. According to the lawsuit, which was filed in federal court in July, Dr. Kenningsburg is seeking to void the sale and is asking for damages and compensation of up to $2 million. It is ordering the defendants to remove any structures and or materials from the property and to restore the property to the condition that it was in prior to the defendants trespass upon it. This of course would include removing the four bedroom, 4,000 square foot house that's currently being built on top of the mountain by a local construction firm. The home, which was priced at $1.475 million, currently has an offer to buy, according to a listing on Coldwell Banker. Dr. Kenningsburg said, I'm angry that so many people were so negligent that this could have happened. It's more than obnoxious. It's offensive and wrong. The lawsuit details a claim that a Daniel Kenningsburg of Johannesburg, South Africa, signed an obviously forged power of attorney to steal real property. The power of attorney in this case, the right to sign documents on Kenningsburg's behalf, was granted to a lawyer named Anthony Minnelli of Trumbull, Connecticut. Minnelli was named as a defendant in the lawsuit alongside Gina Lito and Greg Bougage of 51 Skytop Partners, LLC. Besides missing out on a $350,000 payday, Kenningsburg said he was holding on to the land for sentimental reasons. He intended to pass it on to the next generation. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And we have now run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day and have a good weekend. By popular demand and special request, here's my song, Thug Around and Find Out. In our little town, we don't take no crap. You commit a crime, you'll get more than a slap on the wrist. That's the gist, the way things are done in this place. You might think that we're an easy target, but one thing you just don't want to forget. We shoot first, ask no questions in our safe space. Thug around and find out is the name of the game It's a shame there's no blame, there's no fortune or fame For the thugs with their guns and their drugs No safe space for you So don't rape, don't rob, and don't steal To all you thugs out there, here's the deal Thug around and find out That's just the way we feel if you play stupid games, you'll win stupid prizes. You do something stupid, well, you'll pay the price. Yes, a wise man knows just what he's getting into. If you think you need a car, then go buy it. If carjacking's on your mind, just don't try it. Or you might find a well-armed granny just waiting for you. 
Yeah, fuck around and find out it's the name of the game. It's a shame there's no blame, no fortune or fame for you thugs with your guns and your drugs. No safe space for you. Don't come around here committing no crimes. You might not be around to do your time. Thug around and find out. Might be the end for you. Mayor, mechanic, and teacher, the plumber, the barber, and even the preacher, already and willing and able to defend our town. If you thug around, you'll find out that crime doesn't pay. There's no doubt at the end of the day, thug around, and you will most certainly find out. around you'll find out we don't play you'll find out that crime don't pay thug around and you will certainly find out thank you for listening to the truth hurts program with steve z opinions expressed are protected free speech under the first amendment to the u.s constitution I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program is pre-recorded. Copyright 2023, The Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved.